thank you morris for wow that's loud thank you morris for uh, reading from the word and for praying we uh, <clears throat> you know last couple of times back uh, when i uh, gave the message i was doing it from home and uh, the power went off a couple of times so it was like a disco on and off on and off and the last time i was up here there was no power and it was quite warm so so far no technical issues joey and team all good okay so um today we will be uh, looking at john chapter 14 and 16 and it's the upper room discourse <clears throat> um discourse so last couple of weeks we've been uh, covering about uh, what jesus taught uh, to his disciples the sermon on the mount uh, we looked at the beatitudes we looked at seeking god loving god uh, you know the greatest uh, commandment uh, following god uh, discipleship we looked at the deity of jesus and uh, last week raventh took us through the olivet discourse right and we looked at uh, the end times and the second coming of uh, christ today we are in the upper room right in the upper room discourse and this is jesus with his disciples see in the in the in the events leading up to this um um our lord jesus asks a room all right and up to this point the ministry is very public right he's been um on the on the mount talking to his disciples and other followers and there are critics also around him uh, but when we come to this upper room uh we see that uh, even judas is excused if if you look at uh, um john chapter 13 verse 30 having received the piece of bread he went out immediately and it was night and when he had gone out, gone out jesus said now the son of man is glorified and you know jesus starts to explain that it's his time is coming for his departure and he talks to peter about how he's going to deny, deny him and when we come to chapter 14 we see in chapter 14 in the first, second and third verse again this is a lord jesus with just 11 of his beloved disciples right he is in anguish because in a few hours judas is going to betray him and hand him over just in a few hours after what is going to happen in the upper room so that is the setting and the only people with him are his 11 beloved disciples in that upper room and was chapter 14 john chapter 14 to 17 is just the discourse between them and you know he he's and and just imagine our lord jesus is the one going to go away he is the one who is going to die on the cross he is the one who has to face the punishment of our lord for nothing that he has done the sins of humanity the punishment of the sins of humanity is going to pour on him he is in anguish he is in pain and who is he comforting he is comforting his disciple is comforting him it should be the disciples sending him away or you know uh, encouraging him but here you see in cha- chapter 4 verse 1 chapter 14 john 14 verse 1 let not your heart be troubled you believe in god believe also in me and then in the next couple of verses he talks about how there are going to be many mansions and how he is going to prepare a place for them and if it was not so i would not tell you i will go prepare a place for you and i will come back for you right and and you see thomas as usual is clueless right he is always confused 
And he's like, uh, Jesus, you'll send us the Google coordinates. We'll also come, right? Uh, you know, just, just tell me where. We'll also be there. Why, why are you going alone? You know, you can see that in the verse 5 and verse 6. He's saying, I, I'll also follow. Why are you going alone? They're not getting it. They're still not getting it. And then from that verse all the way to verse 13, um, yeah, 13 and 14, Jesus is telling about his relationship with the father and the father's relationship with him. And he says, if you have seen me, you have seen the father, right? He constantly is bringing that equality with the father back. And then we come to the next verse, next verse, which we're going to look into a bit more, which is 16, John chapter 14, verse 16 and 17. Before I go there, I just want to just highlight just one more thing. You can just go to the next slide, please. Yeah. Okay. See, one more thing I just want to highlight is up to this point, the disciples know that the Israelites had a helper, had a friend, had a leader, and that was God, the heavenly father. Jehovah was their friend, right? He was always with them. He provided for them. He sustained them. When when they went into exile, when they came back, and even before that, you know, the years in the wilderness, and even when they were a nation and the nation was split into two, God was their king, was, God was by, by their side. In Isaiah 63, verse 16, it says, You, O Lord, are our father. Israel is calling out to the Lord as their father. Our redeemer from everlasting is your name. In Jeremiah 31, 9, we see our Lord reciprocating that and saying that back to them. They shall come with weeping and with supplications. I will lead them wherein they shall not stumble. I am a father to Israel and Ephraim is my firstborn. Here we see the first person of the Trinity being, being, being more prominent in the time of the Israelites before Jesus. And we see it very clearly and as him being their provider and protector throughout in that season. Yes, the Holy Spirit is evident and all of that, but the most prominent person of the Trinity is our Lord and Father. During the disciples' time, we know Jesus was their friend. Jesus was their guide and he used to be their protector and helper. You know, life is not easy, right? We, we, we all go through struggles. We all go through pains. We all have difficulties. We have all have moments where prayer goes unanswered and we, we feel prayer is unanswered and we say, where is God? Why is God doing this to me? Why am I all alone? Brothers and sisters, do you believe or do you feel that you need a helper? Yeah. We also need a helper, right? Why should only the Israelites and the disciples have such an helper? And yes, we do have a helper. We have a helper who is promised by our Lord Jesus Christ and has been supplied. And that is what we're going to look through today, right? God knows the disciples are going to struggle once he goes away. Once I go away, there will be difficulty, but I will give you a helper. That is what he says. And here we see the third person of the Trinity, the Holy Spirit, who will be our helper in a real and true way. Now, the Holy Spirit, before we go any further, the Holy Spirit is not any, uh, you know, lingering spirit or just a force okay we, we need to be very clear that the holy spirit is as the name suggests holy the holy spirit is god 
and it is a wonderful gift which has been given to each one of us which we will look, look into even further right and the bible speaks of god the father just go to the next slide god the father god the son god the holy spirit each fully god the father is god we have seen that in the old testament right the son is god we've seen that in the deity of christ as we learned a few weeks back and the spirit is god god in psalms 139 7 and 8 it says where can i go from your spirit where can i flee from your presence if i go to the heavens you are there if i make my bed in the depths you are there the holy spirit is omnipresent a single spirit cannot be so the holy spirit is god and is omnipresent he is present in each one of us we may be miles apart but it is the same holy spirit who is consistently working in our lives he is not hopping from body to body he is consistently in each one of our lives because and he can do this because he is god and because he is omnipresent in 1 corinthians 3 316 it says don't you know that you yourselves are god's temple and that god dwells in your midst if we are the temple of the living god of the temple of god and if it is the holy spirit which resides in us that is evidence that the holy spirit is god it is only god who can reside in his own temple he is coequal with god omniscience all knowing knowing everything first corinthians 2 10 to 11 says these are the things that god has revealed to us by his spirit things even the deep things of god we are clueless about what god is doing in our lives or who god is right we are still searching we are still trying to understand aren't we but here is the holy spirit who knows the deepest things of god why because it is the spirit of god who knows everything about god himself verse 11 for who knows a person's thoughts except his own spirit within them in the same way no one knows the thoughts of god except the spirit of god the holy spirit is all knowing omniscience in matthew 28:19 it says go into the world make disciples baptizing them in the name of the father and of the son and of the holy spirit and of the holy spirit coequal with the father coequal with the son hence god so we see three persons we see them at we won't go into all these verses but very quickly at creation in genesis 1 let us make man in our own image at the baptism of jesus as as we as we just uh, as 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 we know we see jesus being baptized and the holy spirit coming upon him and the father saying this is my son in whom i am well pleased three persons of the trinity present there as well at the promise of the holy spirit we will see that in john 14 26 very shortly and at the great commission as i just read in all these places we see three persons active and also not however or but but in addition we have also learned there is one god we have, we keep hearing that from deuteronomy 6 right deuteronomy 6 verse 4 and 5 here o israel the lord your god is one one 
right? We have a triune God, three equal, co-equal persons of the Trinity make up the Godhead. You know, even uh, even the greatest preachers sometimes will say, "I'm not going to explain this to you." Right? You can put twenty different types of diagrams to explain this, but these this is something which we only will understand more and more as we dwell in the Word and as we understand more and more about our Lord. It is that you cannot apply logic to this. You cannot apply our human wisdom to this because this is in the realm of the spiritual world. This is in the realm of of our Lord. You know, one commentator says to deny or misunderstand the Trinity. To deny or misunderstand the Trinity is to deny or misunderstand the very nature of God Himself. Scary, right? So, brothers and sisters, if you don't understand it, don't try and don't don't try and unnecessarily explain your way out of it. Right? This is something which we have to learn, and I'm sure Lord will give us understanding on this more as we grow and as we get more meat and understand this more. We have a triune God, three persons, one God in the Godhead. So did I mention that the Holy Spirit is holy? I, oh, I did. Okay, okay. Just, I just want to reiterate, you know, just in case you all missed it. Okay, so let's go to the next slide. Okay, now we're getting into the passage, and that is um, one of the passages, which is uh, John 14, 15 to 17. John 14, 15 to 17. If you love me, keep my commandments. And, and you know, God is reminding them, I'm leaving. And I hope you love me and, you know, keep my commandments. Verse 16. I, and this is a beautiful verse. We're going to break this down. And it's very simple. I will pray to the Father and he will give you another helper and he may abide with you forever. Forever. Okay. So he will give. Says he will. Is that an assurance? Yes. Is it a guarantee? Yes. Absolutely. It's an assurance to every believer. He will give his Holy Spirit to every believer. Anyone who puts their trust in our Lord Jesus Christ will receive the Holy Spirit. That is this phrase, he will give. The next phrase is another. And this phrase, another, is not like, you know, I'm done, I'm going now, my assistant will come, he will help you. It's not like that, right? It's it's co-equal, right? He is... He is, he is saying that a person just like me, that's what the, the phrase here another means, just like, exactly the same as, the same essence, the same deity is going to come and be with you forever. Christ is perfectly one with the Father. The same way the Holy Spirit is also perfectly one with the Father and perfectly one with God the Father, perfectly one with Christ as well. And you know this helper who is promised. You know there's there's various the various words uh, in you know in Greek which explain it. Uh, there's a word called paraclete. I'm not going to go. But it's a this phrase has so much meaning and so much depth because it means he is your friend, and a friend who does not leave you, who is always by your side, who is always with you. He is a helper. He's not just going to be there and you know give you give you advice and not do anything about it. But he's a helper. He's a counselor. He's a comforter. 
and he comes to our defense he comes to our defense he's our advocate our lord god he is our advocate you know in in romans 8:26 it says in the same way the holy spirit helps us in our weaknesses wow how many times have we struggled in weaknesses though we have so many people around us we still feel lonely we still feel helpless but here is the holy spirit ready to give us strength the spirit helps us in our weaknesses we do not know what we ought to pray for sometimes we are so down we do not know even what to pray for we are so confused on you know what to even pray for but the spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans the holy spirit god himself present in us indwelling in us the next phrase is even more beautiful which says abide with you forever abiding forever so abiding forever is not like you know you get products which say lifetime guarantee lifetime warranty and there's a small asterisk and then you see have on 10000 terms and conditions and then there it says then you finally get down to it's basically one year beyond that it's like oh, it's for all no tire and all how can we give you lifetime warranty right so it's, it comes with a lot of lot of uh, exemptions or exceptions but in this case there is no exemption once we are secured in the beloved if we are truly saved we have the holy spirit in us yes we can grieve the holy spirit yes we can suppress the holy spirit but this holy spirit is going to be with us in every battle he's going to be with us by our side he's fighting through every trial and battle that is going to be in our life and brothers and sisters if we allow the holy spirit to work you will truly feel his presence you will truly i have felt it i'm sure many of our brothers and sisters have felt it and they can testify to that the holy spirit is going to comfort us you know david when he sings in psalm 51:11 when he has sinned cast me not away from your presence and take not your holy spirit from me you know when we sing this it's not really true the holy spirit cannot be taken away from us if we are truly saved the holy spirit will not be taken away from us yes we can grieve the holy spirit in ephesians 4:30 it says do not grieve or suppress the holy spirit of god do not bring him to sorrow do, do not bring sorrow to god's holy spirit you know we can anger the holy spirit and you know in the old testament in isaiah we see that when the holy spirit was angered the holy spirit turned against them and fought against them i'm sure we don't want that right i'm sure we don't want the holy spirit to go against us right so let's let's not grieve the holy spirit with our sinful actions let's not ignore his advice let's not ignore what he's trying to teach us from the word in verse 17 the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him you know the world cannot see the truth you know many of us seated here could also be wondering what is this guy blabbering holy spirit and all that i'm not able to understand anything he's saying i have no idea what this means brothers and sisters you know this holy spirit and his functioning is only evident to someone who's truly saved if someone is not saved if you do not have true salvation in your life 
all this is just mumbo jumbo we cannot one will not be able to experience holy spirit or see what he can do in our lives and we cannot when we cannot convince them also about the holy spirit because this is things of the spirit it's in the it's not in the natural man you know when we just this morning this morning from ephesians suje just told us that when we are accepted in the beloved we are born in heaven right it's a spiritual realm you know you know a person who does not know christ is dead to sin we we heard that this morning is dead to sin right the soul is dead the spirit is dead there is nothing alive except this human form except this body which is mortal but when we accept christ as our lord and savior we are born in the heavenly places we have a spiritual birth and that is what we can then experience in 1 corinthians 2:14 it says but the natural man does not receive the things of the spirit of god for they are foolishness to him nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned but those who are in the beloved who are truly saved we can experience the spirit of truth the second part of that verse 17 says for he dwells with you and will be with you again an assurance that he dwells with us and will be in you you know the the holy spirit is a gift a gift given to each one of us nothing of our doing we do not deserve it but it was an infinite plan of god that christ should die and he should go so that the holy spirit could come into each one of our lives in acts 2:30 it's the gift of the holy spirit and we can be transformed in acts 1:8 in acts 1 we will be seeing acts 1 uh, in a couple of weeks the when, at the for the uh, at the day of the pentecost when the holy spirit will come and liju will be taking us through that and in that and in that time we see that the disciples were were really lost right they were they had no power in them they 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 were not doing anything but they were just waiting in acts 1:8 it, it again the assurance of the holy spirit says but you will receive power when the holy spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses we can receive power from the holy spirit to be witnesses for our lord jesus christ in romans 8:26 says likewise the spirit helps us in our weaknesses you know the disciples prior to pentecost this assurance which is with you and will be with you will be with you you know for the disciples up to the point of pentecost it wasn't consistent the spirit was not with them and that changes for all believers after pentecost because the holy spirit dwells in each one of us the indwelling of the holy spirit holy spirit is permanent in john 14:18 the next verse it says i will not leave you as orphans i will come to you the holy spirit will come to us and not leave us as orphans we do not we do not need to say that i am all alone none of us are all alone we have a security of salvation you know when we talk about the security of salvation that also means that even though we backslide even though we have our our bad moments or or phases the holy spirit is still with us 
but when you grieve the holy spirit and make make the make this holy spirit angry you're not going to hear him you know when you are not one with god when you try and read this word of god is anything getting in you're not able to understand any of it right because the holy spirit is not talking to you but if you are in communion with god constant communion with god and the holy spirit is talking to you this will make much more sense i hope we are now convinced that we have a counselor a helper who is with us so let's look at what the holy spirit will do john 14 25 and 26 the holy spirit will teach us these things i have spoken to you while being present with you well, that's verse 25 so he's again reminding them while i was with you i was speaking with you constantly i was teaching you things now i'm going away verse 26 but the helper the holy spirit and in my name he will teach you all things and bring to remembrance all things that i say to you he's going to do two things for each, for for us he will teach and convict us from scripture he will teach and convict us from scripture in ephesians 6:17 it says take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit which is the word of god if we are in communion with this with the spirit this word will make more sense and it will pierce our heart the spirit will talk to us and the spirit will convict us of our sins in in psalms 119 it says thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path it is only the spirit who dwells in us which can enlighten us and tell us what these words mean it teaches us through remembrance you know in the in the early days um, when the disciples were with them with him for 3 three, three years they were not uploading the messages to icloud or you know they were, they were not having recording devices none of them jotted down anything they had no notepads nothing right but all the gospels were written at different phases in different locations the four of them did not get together in a room hey let's sync up let's do the project together it was the holy spirit who moved each one of them to remembrance and allowed them to write the gospels and everything after and give in second peter 121 it says for prophecy never came by the will of man none of this is the will of man but holy men of god spoke as they were moved by the holy spirit they were moved by the holy spirit to write this you know the holy spirit will teach us in our own moments in our own ways in the way he wants to teach us quietly he may do it very quietly right and when when we when we are when we are doing something in sin you know he's going to correct us and say hey don't talk like that right let's not be judgmental don't look at that person that way don't say that i'm sure all of us hear that and i hope all of us are listening to the holy spirit as he tries to convict us and stop us and tries to correct us in our actions and sometimes the holy spirit may speak loudly through life events things which happen in your life which you feel have changed your life which which you feel should not have happened but these are events where the holy spirit wants to speak into your life it may be an accident maybe a loss of a loved one it may be 
financial problems, whatever it might be, the Holy Spirit is trying to speak to each one of us and trying to teach us through those moments. We have a teacher within us and I hope each one of us is listening. You know, we can consult, definitely we can consult with, with our friends and others who are more learned in the word, maybe our mentors. But is our first choice to turn to God? Is our first choice to turn to the word? Is our first choice to allow the Holy Spirit to talk to us? Are we meditating and trying to understand, Lord, tell me what you are trying to teach me in these moments? Or is our first instance to pick up the phone and talk to somebody? Because the person you are talking to is also fallen. The person you are talking to is also in sin. But we have a helper. We have a counselor within us who is going to help us, who is going to teach us. But we should allow him to speak. Give him a chance to talk into our lives. We'll go to John chapter 16 now. John chapter 16 verse 8. This is the passage which Morris read. And in, in, in verse 8, it says, And when he, the Holy Spirit, has come, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness and of judgment of sin of righteousness and judgment let's look at the, those those few verses and each verse is is there in, each phrase is there in the following verses john 16:9 says about sin because people do not believe in me of sin because people do not believe in the lord jesus christ you know we are all sinful and we should all head to hellfire, right? We should all be put to death. But taken our place and taken the punishment upon ourselves. However, there is one sin, which is the greatest sin, which will convict a person and send that person to damnation. And what is that sin? Unbelief in our Lord Jesus Christ. That is the one sin which will differentiate us. Unbelief in our Lord Jesus Christ. You know, it says so clearly that because people do not believe in me, that one sin is going to send that person to hell. It is a work of the Spirit to convict each one of us about our sins and the need for a Savior. It is a work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. The Holy Spirit primarily will work through each one of us. We should not say, oh, the Holy Spirit will convict people. I don't need to share the gospel. That's not how it works. The Holy Spirit will use each one of us to lay those seeds. Yes, we can. You know, when you have a conversation, it is very easy to have someone admit their sins. Brother, you know, we are all sinful. No one will say, no, I am super holy. It's very easy to get that person to admit to their sin. But you cannot convict that person that he needs a savior. You cannot convict a person to say that he needs to have, have salvation. That is the work of the Holy Spirit. And we should do our work and God will do the rest. And we can submit that person to, to our Lord Jesus to, to, to soften his heart. Is there anyone here who is seeking, seeking the Lord, who is seeking the truth? who feels that something is pricking you and asking you to open your heart's door? Do you feel that you still feel condemned? Do you still feel 
that your sins have not been forgiven. Our Lord Jesus Christ is knocking at your door. The Holy Spirit wants to dwell in you. All you need to do is accept that you are a sinner. And it is only our Lord Jesus Christ who has paid that price on Calvary for your sins. I, if there's anyone here who wants to know more, please do talk to one of us and we'll be glad to, to help you out. Convict the world of righteousness. John 16.10 says about righteousness because I am going to the Father where you can see me no longer. You know, Lord Jesus was the perfect example of righteousness. Sinless man, right? Without sin, tempted in all ways, yet without sin. And he was a perfect example. And, and you know, the, 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 the Jewish leaders and all that just mocked him. And it, they only had self-righteousness, right? And God, our Lord Jesus did question their self-righteousness. And, you know, here, the Holy Spirit will convict us also of, about our self-righteousness. You know, all our righteous deeds are just filthy rags. That's all it is worth. Because Christ who has paid that price and given us a righteous standing. And we read that in, in 2 Corinthians 5.21, right? It is not by our works. And you know, secondly, this verse shows us that the world will be convicted of Jesus' righteousness. You know, so far people thought he is just a great man. He's just a good man. But the fact that the Holy Spirit is here and living within us and evident in us, in our lives, is enough to prove to the world that our Lord Jesus' promise of the Holy Spirit has come true. And it shows that our Lord Jesus Christ was righteous, is righteous. Convict the world of judgment. John 16, 11. And about judgment, because the prince of this world now stands condemned. Brothers and sisters, it's a hard reality, right? It's very harsh reality that if we do not know and believe in our Lord Jesus Christ, there is judgment upon us, eternal judgment upon us, just as how the prince of this world, Satan, has been judged. And it is up to us to share about this Savior to those who are around us and allow the Holy Spirit to work in them. Let's just go to verse 14 now. <clears throat> verse 14. Actually, before verse 14, let me read verse 13. Verse 13, John 16, 13. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he speaks, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will tell you things to come. You know, um, when, when we think of the Holy Spirit, there is nothing new which the Holy Spirit is going to reveal. It has already been revealed by Christ. It has already been revealed in the word of God. And if someone tells you, oh, you know, I had a revelation from the Holy Spirit, this new doctrine he has told me, please stay away from those people. Because if it is not evident in the word of God and it has not been confirmed by Christ, the Holy Spirit will not say anything contrary to that. He is only going to supplement to it. He is only going to give evidence for it. The next verse, verse 14. He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. So beautiful, right? The Holy Spirit's work, and some, some commenta 
commentaries say this is the spirit to glorify christ to help us to glorify christ this morning we saw the spirit leading us in worship we saw a kind of a common thread going through and that is the holy spirit leading us in worship to glorify christ that is the primary objective according to some commentators and that is his chief role he will and you know if someone is saying holy spirit holy spirit holy spirit is everything please stay away from them as well because spirit is leading us to christ he is leading us to worship christ because christ had finished the work on that cross for each one of us so what is the application for us this this morning how different can we live knowing fully well we cannot hide from the presence of god you can be in the most interior room in your house and the holy spirit is there watch you can have the most evil thoughts for another brother and the holy spirit is hearing you and trying to convict you to stop you know our, our minds and our hearts are so dirty are so evil how much ever we try to be good only god knows our innermost thoughts so can we can we can we work towards understanding that the holy spirit is in our lives and he is trying to change us from within is it possible for us to allow him to work in our lives is it possible for us to open up our hearts and minds to listen to that voice of the holy spirit when we're reading the word when in our quietest moments he must be trying to talk to us if only we can pause and listen and allow him to work and allow that voice to have a say in our lives the holy spirit will definitely convict us of our sins it's easy to shut him out i have done it i know it's easy if we do not have a close walk with the lord we can shut out the holy spirit we can grieve the holy spirit and you will see that your life is going downhill you will not have peace you will not have the comforter speaking to you you will not have comfort but when we are one with god when we stay away from sin when we turn away from sin and turn to god we will see the holy spirit working more powerfully in our lives and it will allow us to be used for his glory and to glorify christ you know the disciples were transformed their lives were transformed you know peter was was a real chicken right to be honest right he was he was a chicken right but this guy he stood up standing with the 12 in acts 2:14 standing up in the 12 raised his voice and said to them men of juda and all who dwell in jerusalem let this be known to you heed my words i'm sure even the disciples were wait it's peter i'm sure everyone was shocked because the power of the holy spirit was upon them it was through the strength of the holy spirit that they were able to speak so boldly and we see in the rest of the verses just by that one sermon from peter 3000 people were added to the fold 3000 people were added to the fold that was the power of the holy spirit we can also be transformed it's not just the holy spirit it's even us 
you know, in Galatians 5.16, it says, I say then, live by the Spirit and you will certainly not gratify the desire of the flesh. If we live by the Spirit, we can deny the flesh. We can if we put, if we allow the Spirit to work in our lives. And we know in Galatians 5.22 and 23, it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. I'm sure each one of us want to have the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And this will definitely help us in our Christian walk and Christian life. I hope we know that by having the Holy Spirit in us, we are truly loved by God. If we were not loved, why would He ever fellowship with us? Why would He ever be with us? He wants to have a loving relationship with each one of us. I hope each one of us can just get rid of any baggages we have. Any things which could avoid the Holy Spirit from working in our lives and allow Him to be the foremost. I pray that each one of us will not grieve the Holy Spirit, will not suppress the Holy Spirit or sorrow the Holy Spirit or even, dare I say, anger the Holy Spirit. I'll just end with a quick story. William Borden. William Borden, uh, I'm sure many of you know the story. He was uh, a Yale a graduate and uh, Yale and Princeton. He was in, in those two institutions and both are very prestigious institutions. He was from a very affluent family. And once he finished high school, uh, his parents sent him on a world tour. So he was very rich. And uh, he went on a world tour. And the first thing he noticed was there were so many people who needed Christ. So many people who needed Christ. When he was in Yale, he used to, he started uh, um, having a small uh, Bible study of sorts and a prayer of sorts before breakfast. It started with two, three people. And many people mocked him. By the end of his third year, 1,000 of the 1,300 students were gathering together for a morning devotion. That was how much William Borden was moved by Christ and how he worked. And, you know, he could have just joined his family business, which was by, by many accounts in today's money worth more than $2 billion. But he chose and was moved to work with the Muslims in China. Of all the places, Muslims in China. And so what he did is, against his parents' wishes, he took a ship and went to Cairo, Egypt. He was there for a few, few for some time to learn Arabic, to learn uh, about Islam. And uh, he had a fever, a persistent fever. And in his college days, he had written in his book those first two phrases, no reserves, no retreats. No reserves, no retreats. He's marching forward for Christ. And then he had a fever which was so persistent that they realized it is spinal meningitis. And he died at the age of 25. He never reached China. But in his Bible, next to those two words was, the, was a new phrase they found, which was penned down just before his death or when he was sick. No regrets. No regrets. And his family received many letters from students from Yale and Princeton saying, 
they were so moved by his death that many of them had now gone into full time missions and they were going to go and some of them had decided to go to china tears to his own family and on his gravestone in cairo he is buried in the american cemetery in cairo on his gravestone it is written apart from christ there is no explanation of such a life now for me when i read this story i was thinking what were his, what were his thoughts in cairo being all alone wanting to go to serve christ and he's on his deathbed and the only person he would have had by him truly would have comforting him and saying well done my faithful servant well done because he may not have done much for china but he inspired thousands of people post that and he penned down this last phrase which says no regrets and i pray that each one of us will be able to experience the power and work of the holy spirit in our lives as william borden has experienced shall we just close in prayer <clears throat> a gracious lord and heavenly father we thank you lord for your in our lives we thank you lord for the gift of your son as we know lord that we have no standing before you without that sacrificial death on that cross and we thank you lord that you have given us another helper the holy spirit which is in our lives which is which should be more and more evident in each one of our lives and we pray lord that we will truly radiate christ we will truly show the brilliance of the holy spirit to those who are around us we pray lord especially that we will not grieve the holy spirit we will not suppress the holy spirit or sorrow the holy spirit oh dare i say lord we pray that we will never ever anger the holy spirit we pray lord that you will allow us lord to to not search for external strength and and power but we pray lord that we will use the holy spirit lord and allow him to work in our lives allow the power of the holy spirit to work in each one of our lives we thank you lord for this time and we ask the lord for all of this in and through name of lord and savior jesus christ